The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's for brown a bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bench, eating a broken, eating a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitude, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad bread, bad attention, bad vibes. So they love the FOTB pod. That's what they're talking about. The fans everywhere clamoring. I know how it goes. So anyway, I've been watching this show. Obviously, I've done a lot of analysis and reviews of shows, as you know. I've done movies, I've done TV shows, I've done people with addictions, I've done everything. People love that show, by the way. I've had just about every kind of show imaginable and movie. So I think it's important that people get what they want. They love it, they can't get enough of it. They're like, yo, Pharrell, I gotta get some more of that. You gotta give me some more of that chunk. Give me a little piece of that chunk. Some more of that in-depth Pharrellbert and Ebert. You know what I'm talking about, Siskel Ebert, son. The show I've been watching is 60 Days in Narco Land, where these people go undercover in crucial areas near Louisville, one of the biggest drug trafficking corridors in the country. It encompasses six counties, and this show is a trip, but it upsets me, I got to tell you, because I think some of the participants, if you will, the people involved that have gone undercover, I think they actually kind of suck at it. So there's this one chick, Jackie, and she's undercover. She's in the street unit. So her job is to go infiltrate the drug trade on the streets in this county where there's a massive drug problem. And the game is pretty much heroin and meth. And I guess fringy type weed problem and coke. Obviously, they do everything. There's a massive problem there. And she goes around trying to find out who the dealers are. And then what the real job is, is to find out who the cartel is. Who's supplying the street dealers with the drugs that they're selling in the community and that are killing people. So that's her job. And so they moved her into this trailer park. And I mean, this place is an absolute hellhole. And she moves in and she's not allowed to have a weapon. She has a Louisville slugger. That's what she's got for her protection. Living in this cheesy, just absolute piece of shack trailer. And it has zero protection. The front door is like a metal door that you could kick in. Literally, a child could do it. And it's got one deadbolt. And you could actually see the deadbolt because the door barely fits. You could tell that somebody's already kicked the door in once before, whoever lived there prior to her. But she's living there, and she's trying to tap into the vein of the drug problem in the trailer park hood, which is this gigantic trailer park. I mean, this thing is enormous. There must be hundreds of trailers in this unit, this complex. And she moves in, and then she befriends 
her next door neighbor Lee and his wife, and this guy's a real keeper. He's got a drug problem, a functioning addict type guy, where I think he still uses, and he thinks he's like the night watch guy in the neighborhood. So he's got this gig where he protects the neighborhood at night, and he walks around and looks for troublemakers and dealers and squatters and all the rest. People break into these trailers and they'll smash and grab, hit and run. They'll do a drive-by robbery. They'll see that they're not there or they're sleeping. And they crash in, take what they want, boom, gone, sell it, get drugs. So they got a real problem. And he thinks he's the popo. So he goes around with his assault rifle. Literally, he's got machine guns. And he walks around trying to scarf up any trouble he can find and bust these people and I guess scare the living hell out of him. I don't know what he does, but all I know is he's creepy himself. But this Jackie chick kind of gets in with him. She's the next door neighbor, so she starts being cool to him and she's trying to figure him out and basically take advantage of the situation. The more she gets in with them, the more they'll trust her, the more they'll introduce her to their friends and then she'll be in this clique. And then the funny thing is, This is what bothers me about it. The whole time they have this production company acting like they're doing a feature and a documentary on the drug problem in the area, in the county. And so they have this TV crew sitting there filming everything. Meanwhile, they're filming her and she's acting like she's not a part of it. And it's just absolutely the worst. I'm not falling for it. It's obvious that she's a part of it, but she plays like she's not. She's walking around acting like, wow, who are these people filming TV? What's going on here? What do we got here? But she tries to play like she's all rednecky and chilled and that she parties and she's got no life, no money, and she's just trying to survive. And she's just in the hood, man, living there and not actually involved in this bottom line narco land show. They're filming the show there and they're pretending like they don't know her. And it's just basically absolutely ridiculous. So one of the things that bothers me about this chick is, is that she plays like she's trying to find out how she can score drugs, but really she's just weak ass at it. She claims that she was a user in the past and was nothing but trouble and had been in and out of trouble with the popo, eventually living in halfway houses, everything else. So she had the experience. I won't deny that. But the thing is, is that eventually they made her a CI. She was like a confidential informant. So she was working with the popo. So she basically became a narc. And then she got to not go to jail. So eventually she decided to be an undercover CI, which is basically what she is now. And so they send her in there and then obviously they give her money. So she goes to strip clubs and to areas where they sell the drugs. There's this strip of fast food restaurants and literally in the parking lots of these fast food restaurants, these drug dealers congregate and people come there and they're getting food, but they actually park in the drive through area and they score drugs. And so she goes there acting like she's looking for drugs. Meanwhile, they're all partying, smoking dubs, doing blasts of coke, doing blasts of meth, chain smoking, laughing. They got beers in their bags. They're hitting 40s, the whole deal, right? And then this chick acts like she wants to score drugs. She's like, yo, where can I get some weed? 
And listen, these people are so far and away above the weed game. These people are dealing kilos of heroin and meth. And she's asking them for a joint. She goes, yo, I just want to score a joint. I need a doob. I need to get high. I just want a little doobie for myself. That's all I need. And they're all like, yeah, no problem. We can get you that, honey. What's up? What's your name? We got you. No problem. I got that handled right here. That's easy. You don't want any more than that? Meanwhile, she's like, no, I'm good. I just need a joint. Honestly, who in their right mind falls for that? No one goes looking for drugs. And then when they find them, they ask for one joint. They ask for one doobie. That's what they're going to do. That's just not the way it works. I don't care what you say. That's why I'm not falling for undercover act because I'd be like, what are you talking about? You want one joint. Get out of here. Shoe fly. Go ahead, little doggy. This is not the way it works, just so you know. So I'm watching this, and I'm going, these drug dealers cannot be fooled by this chick because when you go to score, you go to score. I mean, you're talking at very minimum. The smallest amount you would buy would be an eighth. Who goes out to score drugs and doesn't try to cop like an eighth or a quarter or an ounce? Can you imagine driving to score drugs and all you end up asking for is one joint? What do you drive around with one joint? You're going to risk it all for one joint? I mean, if I'm going to go score drugs, I'm going to buy a bag of weed at the very least. If I'm going to get popped, at least they're going to find me with a bag of weed. I guess you could be a simpleton and act like you got one joint. You could throw the joint out the window. They're still going to bust you. They're still going to pop you. They're going to see you throw the joint out the window. They're probably going to find the joint. And then if you're smoking a joint in the car, they're going to know you're smoking a joint in the car because it's going to reek. Meanwhile, she doesn't use drugs. So they give her a joint and she doesn't smoke it. She's like, thanks. I'm good. I appreciate it. I'm going to smoke this later. You know what I'm saying? I'm just hanging out right now. I'm just chilling with you guys. You know, what's up? What's up? I'm like, you're not fooling anyone, Jackie. Honest to God, she's just the worst undercover. I don't care who she is. I don't care if she's in their world, the greatest undercover CI ever, because I'm watching her and I'm not fooled by her act. I'd be like, bitch, who wants one doobie? Get out of here. I mean, get on, shoe fly. Seriously, because it just doesn't happen that way. And CIs and undercovers don't go digging for drugs and ask for one joint. They go digging for drugs with thousands of dollars that the TV show, the producers have given her a stack of money so she can go cop big quantity. Because that's how you start finding out who the drug dealers are. When you ask for ounces and kilos and quarter pounds and things of this nature, trust me, you. You are not going to find who the cartel is ever in the world, anywhere. I don't care what city it is. I don't care what county it is. I don't care what country it is. If all you do is go to find out who the cartel is by asking the local street dealer if you can get one joint. It's pathetic. It's not real. I mean, this show is so pathetic. The camera crew, the production crew filming the documentary follows this chick to a strip club and then... They walk up and say, hey, you don't mind if we have a conversation with you guys. We're filming a drug documentary here at the strip club, and we just need you to sign this waiver to interview you. And then she's with the bouncer. Did you sign it? And then he's like, yeah, I signed it. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll sign it. It's no big deal, right? It don't matter. What's this for? Are you kidding me? This is so awful. I'm sitting here watching this going, who in their right mind, what strip club in their right mind anywhere because believe me you i've been to strip clubs 
There is not a strip club in the world, in my view, that would let a camera crew in to film what's going on in a strip club anywhere. Can you imagine in Las Vegas? Hey, we're here to film a drug documentary. You mind if we film in your strip club? Listen to how lame this chick is. Hey, do you guys mind just to continue kind of having a conversation? Okay. Cool. I didn't join the drama club. (laughs) I think this is like the perfect spot for a strip club, though. I love it. We're the number one club in the region. That's why I came here. I, I used to sell drugs in the strip clubs. Made a lot of money in the strip clubs. Every club in Louisville is pretty much a heroin dealer dynasty because yeah. either you're an alcoholic or you're a heroin addict. Exactly. We both know the game because we've lived it. You know what I'm saying? We've been in it. It's fast life. I, I sold dope 20 years ago. Would I do it again? No, because I know what comes along with it. You know, a lot of don't even really get their hands dirty out here. And they, they say they do. But if you ain't selling metric tons of this, you ought to have nobody. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this chick, she tops the cake. Talkative with the cameras, so I think he's willing to open up to me some. Live by the gun, die by the gun. I got shot nine times by a deal. Nine times? Yeah, nine times. How many people died on me last year? At least seven. Minutes. At least seven of my closest friends cuss the street, you know what I'm saying? City hardcore. I can show you some. I mean, this is real. He seems to be established in this area. Hey, y'all come on, I gotta get y'all in. People know him. Luke's gonna be the next lead for my investigation. Yeah, there you go. You're such a great undercover. You're gonna have the bouncer at the strip clubs gonna lead you right to the cartel because he says everybody in Louisville does heroin. Sure. Good luck with that. At least I caught one thing he said. You're nobody. You're absolutely nothing. You are a speck of dirt unless you are selling metric tons. Because you heard her. She's like, yeah, I used to deal in the strip clubs and make a ton of money. Yeah, sure you did, liar. So they have a prison unit and this chick, she's a reporter. She's a writer with a newspaper and they stuff her in a women's prison. She's never done time. She's never been arrested. She's never been in prison. She's never done anything wrong. She's perfect little Miss Reporter. And they put her in this violent women's section of the prison and the chicks in this place are real gems and they mean business they do not mess around and these chicks have been you name it gangs drugs murder they've done it all and it just does not take long for stuff to start hitting the fan i mean just constant fights why here's one right now danielle thought amanda was passing notes to the guys and amanda's saying i'm not passing notes do your time how you do it but when it starts affecting my time we are gonna have problems best believe that Danielle just started yelling at Amanda. If you do that and you get caught and you get everything turned off for us, like it's gonna be an issue. Swapping on a mess, bitch. Got me up. Oh yeah. Okay, we'll step down here in the room. How about that? Danielle kind of went from zero to sixty. Danielle, it's like, oh, hey, you. Hey, 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 I didn't even say that. Fight. Hit her. Hit her. Get off of me. Fight, chick fight. 
Chick fight. Hair pulling, eye gouging. I love it. Somebody's going to lose an eye. <laughs> These two chicks just beat the living crap out of one another. Meanwhile, one of them, the whole time she was in the brawl, had her glasses on. They got mangled. So the one chick ended up having her head split open. I mean, literally, she was gushing blood, and you could see her skull. And the other chick just beat the living Shaq Diesel out of her. And I mean, just took her head and smacked it off the wall and off the bed and off anything she could find to just keep making her bleed. I mean, she roughed her up clean, son. This ain't no joke. It's real on these streets. So they have this other unit with this guy, Jonathan, and another dude, Richie. They're both former addicts who are now undercover, and they're trying to infiltrate the cartel as well. And this Richie kid had a barbecue at his pad, and there were a lot of people there, and they were all using heroin and meth and stuff. And Jonathan just couldn't believe that Richie would put himself in that situation with the fact that he had four years of clean time. So he went over to talk to him about it, and the production crew is there filming the whole thing. So have you had people over here yet? Yeah, two girls. I said, hey, do you want to come and hang out and come to this cookout? They said, hell yeah. It's just totally random people you've yeah, never just even met before. Yeah. Never met them. Within five minutes, boom, they pull out the dope and like they're showing it to me. They started snorting it and they passed it to me and I literally was holding heroin in my hands. That's so, all. That's insane. That's yeah. insane to me. Yeah, it was like five minutes. It blew my mind when he told me that he had some new friends over his house and they were, you know, sniffing lines of heroin off his coffee table. Um, I think that's sort of crazy because for me, my house is really like my sanctuary. So the fact that he's inviting that chaos into his house was really surprising to me. I can't say for sure that during my recovery, I've ever sat in a room with somebody that was getting high for like any period of time. Obviously, like in my everyday life, I don't just have people doing heroin <laughs> in front of me. You know, yeah. I just kind of feel like, you know, we have to be open to letting things unfold down here. That's the reason we came down here. And I'm hoping that by me being able to stay strong in the presence of their drug use again, that that shows them that recovery is possible. Uh, yeah, it's one way to do it. It's just, I think for me, I probably would have handled it slightly different, you know? I think there's ways to sort of shed light on the problems and, 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 and talk with individuals. That's why, you know, I didn't kick them out or anything. You know, I just kind of let things unfold because Sometimes that's what you got to do to be able to get someone to the point where they can actually go and get help. There you go. He's trying to break the cartel and find out who the dealers are. So he's having chicks he doesn't know come over to his apartment and do heroin in front of him. And then he got to hold the heroin, but he didn't do any heroin. Then he took him on a run to buy heroin, but he never did any heroin. How obvious is it to the drug users that the guy that they're hanging out with isn't using at all, not only in his apartment where they're using, but how about when they go on the road with him, he drives them to buy the heroin and he still doesn't use with them. How stupid do you have to be to not realize that he's a narc? Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So I'm back with Jackie as she's talking to her friend, the bouncer, on a different night. His name's Luke. And once again, oh, look, the camera crew's there. And they tell everyone before, as you're watching the show, nobody knows that Jackie's part of the crew. All the people around there have no idea. That's for sure, because they're all a bunch of stupid asses. Who wouldn't be able to tell that this chick keeps showing up? every night at the strip club to talk to the bouncer in front of the club. She doesn't even go in the club. She doesn't do anything. She sits out front smoking cigarettes, talking to the bouncer as a film crew's interviewing him. My dog would be able to figure this out. I'd be like, yo, you come here every night and ask drug questions to the bouncer. No one is noticing this. How stupid do you have to be? What you been into? Not the usual. Where you stay at? Staying in a trailer, it's cheap. Uh, a lot of meth heads out there. So many. I'm only used to heroin addicts, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you got meth heads and heroin addicts. Right. It's like The Walking Dead. That's zombie land. Yes. My strategy with Luke is to talk to him about what he knows, the area and the issues with drugs. In the trailer park, you got a few hundred people that get high. Mm-hmm. In the city, you got like 10,000 people. A lot of the heroin and crystal meth comes from Mexican cartels. Yeah. Mexican cartels got their hand and foot in every city. Yeah, it's always one or two people that really run the streets. I ain't gonna mention no names, but it's an El Chapo to every major city in yeah. America. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's not a joke at all. I'll never put myself in that predicament again. I'm hoping to be able to get him to show me the area. This place really like amazes me every day. City hardcore, you just gotta know where to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I can definitely take you around the city and show you some I feel like Luke can show me where a lot more action's gonna be around here. What do you what do you think you would wanna do with both of you guys? Y'all can ride with me or whatever you wanna do. Yeah. And um just ride around and show you some some spots. Yeah, I want to see some I haven't seen yet. Yeah, that sounds good. I just want to keep in touch or whatever and all. Bye. All right, cool. All right. Yeah, great. We'll all drive around with a camera crew and we'll film me showing you all the hot drug spots in the city and where you can cop from the cartel. <laughs> I mean, this dude, he is cool. I won't deny. He's so cool. He's just going to open up the door to everything. He's going to show you the way. You think this guy would roll over in court? You think he's going to roll over with the feds? You think he's going to roll over on the cartel? Do you think he's going to roll over on this chick? I mean, my God, what hasn't he told her? I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't give them their home phone numbers, addresses, and what time their lovers get out of bed in the morning. So they got this other dude, Charlie, that's a cop. He's a agent, and he's undercover in the prison. He's never done it before. He's scared to death because he's busted all kinds of these criminals out on the streets. He was like a border patrol agent with the U.S. and Mexico, so he's nailed tons of these cartel people. 
and all these gangs. So they put him in this hardcore pod in the prison with these absolute felon gangsters. And they don't trust him because he's new and they think that he's a plant. They think that he's a cop. They're not sure if the guy is, but they think he is. And so he has been sweating it out, paranoid, tripping, can't sleep, always got one eye open. He's worried they're going to beat the crap out of him. And they've been talking about that they don't trust him right to his face. CJ, he just doesn't back down with his plan. But now I have to deal with this again. Just let me show you. I'll show you how we have he says, come on upstairs, man. Follow me up here. I got to show you something. I got to show you something. I'm thinking, okay, is he going to take me up there and show me something? Or is he going to take me up there and try to do something to me? You know, this world is volatile and things escalate quickly. But at the same time, I want to know what's going on. Turtle, need you to step out for a second, buddy. Leave Turtle alone. He good in here. No, he's not. Yeah, leave him here. Oh, 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 yes, it's like a, a fraternity thing. As soon as he took me back behind the curtain, where the cameras can't see, that's when I knew something's going down. Oh my God, bro. Obviously, they're trying to inject him with hypodermic needle full of drugs, and they want to light him up, and they're going to show him the hard way. He, he dug out a, a syringe. Are you ready? Yeah. We thought this was a game. We accepted you into our group. I just tried to laugh it off because I was afraid he was going to try to stick me with it. I definitely feared for my well-being. And then I said, but don't break character. Don't break character. So, about this initiation. Yep. You get fully dedicated. <laughs> on that nastiness. The other ones did. Of course, some of them OD and they're not along with us. But you... You can make sure that doesn't happen for me, I'm sure. It's a 50-50 chance, okay? You look very troubled with this. How the did you get out of here? What? I'm reckless, bro. No CJ, he likes to make things more stressful for me. <laughs> He's testing me. These are smart dudes. You react the wrong way, they're gonna assume you're gonna snitch. So what's up? Are you gonna get initiated or what? No, man. The little one. That's the little one. That's not. That's not scary. Scary. No, no initiation. We good. What? I already put it with another. I knew it. Just a plant. Up, man. Just the tip. Just the tip. No, not the tip. Foul. So your boy Charlie's playing like he's not putting that nasty needle in his body. It's too dirty. He don't want no part of that. Meanwhile, they're like, just shoot it up, Hoss. Just do it. And then we know you're good and you're in our group. You're in the gang. You got to be initiated, son. You got to take it. Take the needle. So Charlie has to deal with all these gangsters in this men's pot. And they are a lot smarter than the chicks. And they are a lot smarter than the Strip club, bouncer, just squealing like a pig of everything about drugs and where you can get them and everything else. And then in the chicks pod, there's just one chick that's the most violent. She's the one to beat the crap out of that other chick. Meanwhile, that writer in there with them, she's scared to death. I mean, she's so obvious that she shouldn't be there. It's not even funny. I think she's playing a pathetic undercover. 
Charlie is in with these dudes, and they do not trust him or anybody. They think everybody's a narc. They think everybody's a plant, and they are willing to inject them with drugs, beat the crap out of them, rape them, kill them, do whatever they got. They'll gang tackle a dude and have five or six dudes beat you to a pulp within an inch of your life. They are absolutely ruthless. He's in the most trouble, this Charlie guy. And then the other ones, this Jonathan and Richie, these two clowns, the guy's living in an apartment and he invites over the whole neighborhood to do heroin in his living room and he has no idea about any of them. He doesn't know who they are. He's never met them before. And in five seconds, he's got him doing heroin in his living room. That dude's an idiot. And he's also trying to stay clean after four years of being a junkie himself. Jonathan's a junkie trying to stay clean, but he's not doing the dangerous stuff Richie's doing. So the narcotics unit is this group of cops. They got five of them in the county, and all they do is try to stop the cartel. They're after this guy. They call him Ghost because they never knew his name. They've been after him for two years. He's the biggest coke dealer in the entire county and in Louisville, and he's evil and unholy, and he constantly is running drugs through this body shop and they stash tons of money there and tons of cocaine there, and he constantly does drive-by drops of money and drugs to the place, and there's all kinds of activity going in and out, and the cops have been filming the place for a couple years, and they're about sick and tired of it, and they're trying to make a move on the place. Yes, sir? Mike Hallblad, what's your name? You own the place? No, I do not own the place. You the manager here? Well, I've been rent. I'm just gonna be honest with you, okay? We've got some information that there's cocaine being sold out here. What? You know Muncie, right? Muncie's here all the time. Talks to you all the time. Who's Muncie? Big black guy. We got a bunch of people that come here with this mechanic place, so. Right, he doesn't do any type of, he, you do no work on his cars whatsoever. He comes here to talk to you. I, I, I don't know. So you know who I'm talking about? Honestly, I don't know. The more you lie, the more it makes you seem a whole lot more guilty than what you are. But the thing is that I'm not lying. He hands you a package out in the middle of the street. A package? Yeah, some white, hand it to you. I don't know. So they show him getting the package from the guy. They show the video to him of him getting the package from Ghost, and he's lying through his teeth that he has no idea who he is and he has no idea about any white package. Meanwhile, they got him with the white package, getting it from the dealer. It's hilarious watching this guy try to lie his way out of this. Now watch him change his story. What was that package he handed you? Okay, okay, I see that. That was food. See, what kind of food? He wants a biscuit. Oh my God. Come on, man. You gotta stop around. First of all, you see you didn't know him. Now you know him. Because now I've seen a picture. He comes here six and seven times a week. Six and seven times a week? I've got to document every time he's drove by here, every time he stopped, okay. every time he's been That doesn't here. mean that I've seen him every time. It doesn't matter. It's still somebody yeah, sitting no, out because your you're, you're, take, you're taking it as I'm the Look, one talking to him all the time. The I don't. Here's the deal. He sells a bunch of dope. Informants say there's a bunch of cocaine being sold out here. <laughs> he's like, yeah, the guy was just dropping off biscuits to me. Yeah, biscuits of cocaine, check it out. All right, now Jackie's with her bouncer friend Luke on their drive around town to see where all the drugs and deals happen. He's giving her a grand tour of the community, and it starts up. 
Why is everybody's car so jacked up? Because you're in Louisville, man. It's high-speed chases and shootouts. Like, for real, man. During the day, you can ride what the you want to ride in Louisville. At nighttime, This right here is the old folks' towers for the, you know, sick and elderly that don't have families, right? Right. You know what they call this now? What? New Jack City. It's supposed to be a spot for elderly people. Now, you got the old people and a whole bunch of drug addicts selling heroin, crack, whatever drugs on the street, you can go right there to New Jack City and find it. Oh, wow. The reality of it is drugs is really all over the community. It's just, they're everywhere. What do you think it is? Is it the geography that's... The geography of the interstate. I-65 is the main corridor from Louisville to the south. This area right here, this is where a lot of people threw life away and chose to live or sleep under a bridge. It's really sad to see the effects the cartels have on this community. I ain't gonna walk over with no cameras, man, but we can get out if y'all want to. We live in America. This is crazy. Now, where's the main wire getting it in here? All it is mapped out. My girlfriend, a year or two ago, she's being nosy. She sees this guy get out and throw two big garbage bags over the bridge and pull the off. She calls the police and say, a guy just dumped some trash on the side and took off. So the police get there, and they bust the bags open. It's nothing but money. The cartel ride down the street, throw something out the window. You know that I'm throwing it out beforehand. You pull over like you're being good to the community, and you pick up, put in your car, and pull the off. What's the reason for that tactic? No, no hand-to-hand. -hand. Being out on the block, that's one of the no-nos that I learned. You don't ever hand somebody something. Because the police send people out there to watch for that. So if it ain't hand-to-hand, -hand, where's the suspicion? I mean, she's got him just spewing, and they're down in the hood. I mean, they're in some kind of shanty town where they all live under a bridge right near the 65, the freeway, right near the river, and they can all get out of there and scatter. Drug dealers can fly out, exit, highway, boom, north, south, gone. I mean, it's just hell on earth. There's just tons of people down there living on the streets, and it is gangland. Drugs everywhere, people everywhere. It is dangerous as all kinds of hell. So now they're back in. Charlie's trying to figure out how CJ and Son are trying to smuggle drugs into the pod, and they're trying to get a syringe taped to the bottom of this mop bucket and bring it in and score that way. But the... Guards, the popo's not having it. Out. What happened? What's that? Walk down. Oh my God. Walk down. <laughs> so okay. I need you out here. Shut the door. Lock down. There is a syringe under a mop bucket. Okay. I realized at that moment, these guys assumed that I, I said something, and that scared me. Damn, man. What's up? Did you hear what he did? 
going through my emergency plans right now. So bottom line is they think Charlie narked him out and told that there was a syringe under the mop bucket. So all the inmates in the pod blame Charlie immediately. And now he's fearing for his life. Things are getting crazy for Charlie. I really had to dig deep and push down the fear. So we're all getting punished for one person doing one thing. Again. I don't think we're responsible for an item. I mean, that's not us. I'm not They're trying to bring it in. Why does it have to do with the rest of us? The fact that I'm willing to contribute a little bit into the drama will hopefully make them think, okay, okay. This guy's more legit. This guy's not afraid to mix it up. He's one of us. If they lock us down, I'm gonna be a pissed off I'm not even you. This is me, this is the truth, this is who I am. I'm not gonna play this game with you guys, quit accusing me. If they lock us down, I'm gonna be pissed off. And I hope they're starting to regain trust in me. But we'll see. I go straight to lockdown. I don't pass go all the way to the dollar. What's the ride up on? I don't know. They found something on the bottom of my bucket. It's a common earth. I don't know how I got there. Who brought it to the door? I did. Who told them about it? It could have been there for a long time. I gotta stay in character. I gotta make myself a little more grimy than I normally would, but also not overdo it, because they, they, these guys know I'm overcompensating. <coughs> now that CJ is gone, hopefully the pressure stops for a little bit, because my time frame is closing as far as accomplishing what I came here to accomplish with my mission. There you go, to yank CJ out of the pot. He was one of the main problems for Charlie. Zahn and CJ are the two biggest junkies in the pod, and they're the ones that have been tag-teaming to get Charlie's ass beat because they think he's a narc. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Jackie and Richie went on this undercover mission to this bridge area where all these junkies live and congregate and 
do meth and heroin and they're really sketchy. It's super dangerous, particularly you're some white chick on your own on the street in the middle of all these dangerous, evil, junky freaks that'll rape and pillage and kill and maim you just for a dollar so that they can score. And they were surrounding her and she felt like she was going to get raped. And Richie was off in a car listening to her wire and it was coming in and out and breaking up. And he was scared to death. He was nervous. She was going to get dragged behind that fence. He didn't know what was going to happen. He thought he was going to have to run over and save her. And eventually she got the hell out of there at the last minute. And then they met in another spot to talk about it. That was gnarly. That was crazy. The way they tweak it and stuff, it's like they're not even human out there. I couldn't hear you half the time. Like when four of them were just like kind Surrounding of- Surrounding me, yeah. Talking about sex. It's a sketchy situation. Just like blew my mind how easy it was how for you to e- go and I get know. drugs. Walk to the local bridge where everybody's hanging out, boom, you got heroin. Yep. So many people just want that cheap high and they're getting it under this bridge. They don't even have to leave. Everything's about convenience. When you talk about a hot spot for drugs, like that's it. Within like 10 minutes, he was offering to sell you black tar. Yeah. That's some of the best heroin you can get. So that tells me it's coming directly from the source. When the cartels know they have such a huge demand in a particular area, that's gonna be one of their hubs. Back home, it's a rarity to see black tar, right? It's it's there, but it's rare. Yeah. Yeah. But being off the interstate, you know, it's so easy for them to ship in, you know, ounces and ounces. 65. 65 is what's bringing it all in. It's a perfect location for the cartel supply chain to drop their drugs and get it into the distribution line. I've never seen anything like it. This is exactly the information I've been trying to find. So that's huge. Obviously, she is getting deeper and deeper into it and going to the dangerous spots. I'll give her this much. She's got stones. She's not afraid to do anything. She went under there. I would have been tripping. Even as a guy, I would have been freaking out and sweating and shaking and nervous. She went in there and she literally thought they were going to rape her. So now they're back in and they think that this other guy, Philip, is narking on CJ and that it's not Charlie. So they think he's just narking out to the popo and they just keep riding him. If you find her, you I'm not playing, I'm not joking. That's some bitch ass shit. you're a bitch for that. In jail, it's like one of those codes you don't rat. If Philip doesn't want to fight, his other choice is to leave. I'm not gonna let it slide, I don't give a I ain't eating no snitch. Dude, I'm not talking about it no more, bro. Either get, get your shit, get the out of here, or come down to my room, or we can do it up here, I don't give a I'm not give a All right, I'm not fighting. Hurry up, get together, get the out of here. He took all his, his bed and baggage, took him out. Get him out of here. All right. Hold your asses, he was a piece of I always dislike that guy. I feel like I'm free of suspicion now. And I can finally get back to my mission. So now they got some other guy nailed for being the narc, and Charlie's in the clear. He's styling. So the narcotics unit and the popo are trying to catch the big coke dealer, Ghost, and this whole scene plays out where they get the guy to call the popo and start arguing with him. It's that cat and mouse game. Narcotics work is all mind games. Ghost is calling because we're so close to getting the warrant. 
And I think he's getting nervous. Why are you putting all your attention on me? I ain't doing nothing. You ain't gonna do now. I mean, I ain't been doing That's the thing, bro. I know it's hard for you to believe, but I'm a man. I ain't gonna never lie to you, brother. Hey, seriously? But this is what I'm trying to tell you, bro. I got people in my family that's rich, bro. I don't, like, I ain't got to do nothing, bro. You feel me? How did I grew that child bro? Hey, I'm gonna do my thing. If, 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 if you get wound up get, catching the case, that's on you, not on me. Okay, bro. You're the best at doing what you do, and I'm the best at doing what I do. But I'm telling you right now, you've never had anybody on you like I'm on you, so you're gonna lose this one. I think he's scared, because he knows that I'm watching. He's trying to ease his way out of the picture, so that'll back off from him. But guess what? It's not gonna happen. You gotta love it, the heat's all over ghosts, and they're coming down on him hard. So Jackie says somebody got shot behind her trailer and she's now investigating it. So I'm out over at the trails in my backyard, the ones that connect to all the trailer parts. There's a lot of drug dealing going on back here too. I've seen it. I probably witnessed like five drug deals in 10 minutes. This is where the shooting was, somewhere back here. But yeah, that's that's where it happened. Right here. My trailer's like right there. Um, three tra three uh, trailers right over. So it's like in my backyard. Happened right here. Oh, there's two people over there. Hello. Hello. So I run into my neighbor, Mr. Lee. I asked him if he knows who the shooter was. I ain't gonna say no names, but yeah. They was one of the ones next door to me Sunday. Oh my God. Wow. They've got y'all pegged. They know who you are. And if you don't get out, you better be ready. Holy Do you feel that your cover story and your life is at risk in this moment? Yeah, I'm definitely scared. Because if that person is the shooter, then it's somebody that knows me and could have been suspicious of me being with the camera crew. Ain't too much more you can do. You keep your mouth shut and you go on, mind your own business. In this moment, I definitely feel like I'm at risk. I don't know. I don't feel like we should be right here right now. I could be next. Insane. I gotta get out of here as quick as possible. Got that right, Jackie. Somebody knows that you're a narc and they're gonna light you up and fill you up with rounds, kid. Now back at the jail, Charlie's seeing these other inmates in the pod trying to start a fire and these dudes are absolutely crazy. They're willing to do anything for drugs. I mean, they are absolutely nuts. So you can't even make this stuff up. The pot's on fire. Definitely smell it. Yeah. Smells bad. These guys have taken the motor out of the microwave to make a tattoo gun. And now they're starting to melt this light fixture to get the wire out of there so they can power it. <coughs> There's a huge plume of smoke. The whole ceiling started to catch fire and uh, started melting everything all over the floor. And 
Put it out, dumbass. I am scared. Sprinklers don't work, bro. That, that is so much smoke, bro. <laughs> what should I do? Mask up, my dog. Should I give him the signal? Should I try to get the attention of the CEOs? If I do, they'll call me out as a snitch. At my mission, it's done. We're burning this bitch now. Eventually, CEOs come in. How bad is it, man? <laughs> <laughs> now the cops know there's a fire. And uh, I'm surprised they didn't evacuate the pod. I thought they were going to, but they kept a cool head. In the wash there was nothing at the wash tour block. Oh, God, in the shower, too. <laughs> they probably Cops can't even figure out that they've set the entire pot on fire and melted the ceiling and tried to steal wires out of the lighting. They're so stupid. I'm sitting here watching it going, how can you miss that? The entire place smells like melted glue and the ceiling's on fire. The light's on fire. The whole thing is destroyed, but they can't figure out that they've done something to get inside that light and steal a wire. What are you, a moron? So now Richie, who's deep in the cartel, goes to visit Jackie. They like to break down to each other what's been happening. So tell me, what's going on? Yeah, there was uh, a lot going on in my trailer park. Uh, there was a shooting, like, practically in my backyard. Yeah, I didn't get home till like, right after 10. It happened at 9.45. Wow. So you're telling me literally this guy got killed right behind your apartment? He didn't die. He didn't die? He didn't die. So he got shot right behind the trailer? Yeah. And there's like rumor going around that I'm with this documentary crew. And it's been questioned. And if they think I'm there to gather information, that's pretty scary. It's not safe for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a disappointment and it's frustrating. I mean, I still want to continue my investigation. I don't, I don't want all this to be for nothing, but I definitely have certain lines that cannot be crossed. I mean, personally, I'd like to keep going. That's just how I am. You know, once I get closer, I want to get a little bit closer, yeah. but no, it's, it's getting hot right now and I need to pull back. I felt, I don't know, a little uneasy. It takes a lot for me to feel that way, and I felt uncomfortable down there, for sure. When I first came down here, it's like, oh, cartel connections, right? Yeah, there's cartel hiding in little BFE Kentucky, right? Right. It, they're really here. I'm still shocked about it. Just remembering my first feelings coming in to now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm blown away. Yeah, I've got a, a lot closer than I ever thought possible. Let me fill you in on some of the that happened to me on Friday. Okay. Um, me and Greg, we hang out at the bar. Greg then introduced me to Pablo. We sit down, we start hanging out. Pablo uh, seems like he's a couple levels up on the food chain. So it just keeps getting deeper and deeper, right? They're just going on and on talking about so many things. And um, he said, I, I wanted you to go down to Nashville with me and do some business. You went on a dope run? No, I haven't went to Nashville yet. He didn't ask for an answer that night. He said it was something we would talk about later. Are you really going to do this? I don't know. Really? I don't think Richie even realizes how dangerous it is. The cartel don't play. They got a lot of money to protect. 
and they will torture somebody to death. So instantly I'm like, really? Come on, Richie, come on. It's just, I don't know, a lot of questionable things going on there. I'm hoping to just go a little bit deeper. I didn't think I would be this close at this point. I honestly had doubts that the cartel was really down here. But the fact is, I'm so close to this that I could cross state lines and be involved in something huge. For better or for worse, it's that, um, you know, addict mentality that we always carry with us. We want a little bit more. We want to push ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. That's how I've been my whole life. Sounds like she's gonna die in the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. She's gonna give up because she knows that they know she's a narc and they're gonna blow her head off. Meanwhile, your boy Richie's gonna go across state lines to do a gigantic drug deal with the cartel. So in the end, he's going the deepest and she looks like she's checking it out. So now Charlie, the cop, and Jen, the writer, are being interviewed after they did their time in the prisons by the head of the police department. Appreciate what both of you all did. It means the world to me. How do you think the experience was overall? It was overwhelming at times. Uh, it was amazing for me, you know, coming out of law enforcement to be able to get on that other side of things and really take it all in. Maybe not pleasant, but an excellent experience for me. It was uh, informative. You really don't realize how difficult it is for inmates once they're in the system to get out of it. That was like what struck me the most is they had no contacts on the outside helping them where they're gonna go next, just kind of being lost. I think the women need all of these programs, but they really, really need a social worker just to do like the nitty gritty, like when Alexis came to the jail, they were so grateful that she came in with information. Bottom line is they both had the crap scared out of them. So they're finally going to bust ghost and it's going to be beautiful. Let's do it. Hands up, big guy. Hands up. It ain't worth it, dude. Hey, hey, don't move. Keep your hands up. Stop. Don't move. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Get the, the f- out of the car. Lay, lay Get on the ground. On the ground. Get on the ground. Oh. Get behind your back. You're under arrest. What? Been federally indicted. <laughs> Told you I was coming. You can serve your time, all right? Wow. We finally got the cuffs on him. We got him. This is one of the biggest arrests I've had in my 26 years. It's awesome that our five-man team got that arrest warrant and picked him up. Told you it was coming, big boy. Coming for what, though? Huh? For what? I told you I was going to lock you up, stay in your prison. I mean, stay in prison for what? Possessor hand got back convicted felon, two counts. Uh, I ain't had no hand doing Okay, that's fine. You said you could do a few years in prison, right? He was responsible for dealing with cartels that are bringing in hundreds of kilos. It's one major trafficker that's off the streets. It's going to make the community we live in a better place. Everyone's happy that they've got ghosts off of the streets. So they never got dealing charges. They got him on possession of handguns as a convicted felon. So they didn't even pop him for being a dealer. And all of their investigation with the Bullitt County Sheriff's resulted in no charges against him for possession or distribution of narcotics. So good for you, Popo. You arrested a guy on a gun charge, but you didn't get him on dealing 
50 kilos of blow. Bottom line, I thought they were too obvious, all of them. Charlie in prison, he definitely looked like a cop. The Jen chick that was the writer that was in prison, she was too obvious that she wasn't a felon. I thought Jax, she just asked too many questions and never did any drugs. And then when she did get them, she'd buy one joint. I thought she was pathetic, although I thought she got in pretty deep. I'd say Richie went the furthest with Pablo and the cartel and willing to go to Nashville to do kilo buys. I thought he made it the furthest. Overall, at the end of the day, when I watched the show... For eight hours, I give it literally a two out of five. I mean, it sucked. Bottom line, not good enough. I wanted some people get busted for what they were charged with, and I wanted to see these undercovers accomplish something other than talking about how close they came to getting made. I thought it sucked. I'm glad you enjoyed another exciting edition of Pharrell on the Bench Pod. Shake out who. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.